Hello and welcome back to another episode of Minute Bowl. We actually haven't had too many Minute Bowl episodes lately. Mostly they've been we've never been clicked. So I'm happy to be back with this show and tonight's co-host, none other than Jay Arnold. How are you, Jay? I'm doing terrific. How are you? If we're being honest, I'm a little stressed out about recording this weekend. We are recording uncredentialed for the first time. Well, people are probably going to be disappointed no matter what, so it's best to just not stress about it. <laughs> that's that's a good perspective. If nothing else, we got to go eat Pinkerton's barbecue to shoot the intro, so that was fun. Right. It was a win-win. My favorite thing about that, well, there, I have two favorite things about the Pinkerton shoot. One is that I made you wait a very long time with the food in front of you before eating. You were visibly annoyed and you had to get back to work. It was it was more about uh, the timing with trying to rush back to the real job. Yeah. And like, because I, I could wait to eat. It, it wasn't going to bother me too much. I was just like, oh, my God, I'm going to get fired within <laughs> my first month. And the funny thing about shooting video, and I'm sure we will encounter this every week, is that it felt like we shot video forever and then I used like five seconds of footage. <laughs> so that's just kind of how it goes. Yeah. I mean, you've admitted that you love editing stuff. So yeah. I feel like with video, it's going to be even more than the podcast get edited down. Yeah. I'm, a- I'm actually not contributing to the tailgate this year because I'm going to need the time to edit because Hot Reels takes forever. I'm going to put all those bloods, sweats, and tears into uncredentialed. That's exciting. Yeah, which will launch for the first time if everything goes somewhat to plan on Tuesday. Uh, Tuesday before the game. What is that? The That's August 27th. So definitely check in on Good Bull Hunting on our YouTube channel for that one. We like to get all of our plugs in here early. Yeah, we're, uh, we're, we're getting it while we still have everyone's attention. Yeah. So the other thing with this show, and I guess, I guess we'll get feedback whether we want it or not. A lot of it's going to be intentionally bad, and I hope that it, it's obvious <laughs> to the viewer. I guess campy would be the term. Yeah, I like that. It's going to be campy and irreverent, and we'll just kind of see how it goes and do give us feedback, but try to spin it in a positive way because I'm sensitive. Yeah, and if, if you hurt Kepi Kep's feelings, then I'll have to come beat you up. <laughs> That's right. And I, I mentioned that when I in my podcast with Kef that we recorded last night. I said that I'm going to suddenly have all this public confidence when we're like out filming things. Because <laughs> it's not just me, you know, being 5'8 and very weak out there in the real world. I'll have you side by side with me. Well, that's the good thing about hiring me anywhere is that I also double as an enforcer just by proxy. Yeah, GBH is desperately in need of muscle. So, so that's a good thing. <laughs> Before you, it was RCB05. I, lo- I love RCB, but he, he's not the most intimidating fellow. <laughs> well, what, actually, Wes knows martial arts, so it was probably him. But we're, uh, we're excited about the show. Um, do watch it and, and force other people to watch it because, well, I'll be watching the numbers, and that, that gives me encouragement when a lot of people check out what we do. Plus, like, maybe we can monetize the video on YouTube and then make money. Yeah, I've I've been thinking about this. So it's it's pretty niche because even if it's really good, uh, it will be pretty Texas A&M focused, I think. And our best bet would be sponsorship, not making money off like YouTube views, 
Because you need millions of views to make any real money on YouTube. Uh, yeah, I did watch uh, Ralph Rex the Internet and learn that the hard way. No. <laughs> yeah, so it's really going to be about sponsorship. So if, you, uh, if you're if you feeling kind-hearted and own a business, just, just be our sponsor, and that will relieve any stress that comes from that aspect. We, we just said that we weren't going to get millions of views, so we need sponsors instead. Well, you see, but the, the views are targeted, Jay. They're highly targeted to the Aggie fan base in Dallas and Houston. So if you're a, a brand that needs those audiences, I think it'll be a, a great avenue. Or maybe if you're a barbecue restaurant, you know, just uh, yeah, <laughs> that's send, right. send me some goodies and I can talk about them on the show. That's right. That's what it will really be. Like, we'll just trade free stuff for name drops that's probably it, it, how it's gonna work yeah it's gonna it's gonna be merch for <laughs> for ad space unless it really takes off so let's talk a little bit of aggie football here as well uh the the a&m depth chart was revealed today uh for the texas state game i guess i should say this is the the first depth chart official depth chart of the season and I thought maybe we could just walk through the offense and defense a bit and talk about any surprises or anything that we've seen other people talking about on Aggie Twitter and message boards and things like that today. Does that sound good? That sounds like a plan. And we should also plug the series that you're writing for the website. You're breaking down the different positions. So uh, you probably have more interesting takes than I do on the depth chart just based on the research you've already put into that. Yeah, I mean, it's... It's tough to do research whenever you, you don't have access, but I mean, that's the whole point of being uncredentialed. Good. I like, that's like a double plug. That was good. Right. Right. Yeah. But uh, the good news is that, you know, I've been able to watch piece together clips on Twitter from the, the limited media availability that the guys out there have. Uh, I've been able to look at the roster, just kind of see what's going on there. And basically use my my uh, my knowledge of going to the spring game this past year and how guys looked uh, over the course of the season in 2018 to kind of give a prediction on what I think is going to happen. Uh, hopefully, some of my prior football knowledge helps me out there. But again, I'm I'm just going through breaking down every position on uh, on Good Bull Hunting, and you can find it by looking for the the titles it's pretty pretty simple straightforward breaking down the 2019 Texas A&M roster all right excellent and that's fun stuff I like when we when we get into the the real meaty football stuff because I don't know anything about that so it's uh these are these are good features and things that we should be running around actual football season all right so we'll start with uh wide receiver and there's no surprises here uh Courtney Davis Jamon Osmond and Kendrick Rogers are your three guys that are listed uh, as starters. I don't think anybody's surprised by that. I think one of the good things that I looked at, though, is backing up Kendrick Rogers at uh, one of the outside receiver spots, uh, Caleb Chapman. You know, he, he suffered an ACL injury early last season, uh, missed the whole year, and to see him bounce back and, and hop in the two deep is, is a pretty reassuring sign. I think he was a guy that had a lot of talent coming out of high school, so I'll be interested to see how he develops. He's probably one of the freshmen. Well, I guess he's a redshirt freshman, right? So he uh, he has maybe more hype than any of the other freshmen. He had a lot of hype coming in. Uh, we didn't know how he was going to handle coming back from that injury last year. 
Uh, but he seems to be pretty impressive so far through camp. I think uh, one of the actual true freshmen, one of the guys that I was really high on was Dylan Wright coming out of West Mesquite. Now, now a big part of that is my personal bias uh, growing up in Mesquite before I moved to Rockwall. Uh, obviously, anytime I see a Mesquite kid, whether that be West Mesquite, Poteet, North Mesquite, or any of those schools, I uh, immediately want them to do well. So part of that is probably me just hoping Dylan Wright has a really good career at A&M. But he's also a, a really talented kid. Uh, obviously, he's not on the two deep at any of the receiver spots, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if he saw some playing time this year. Good. Yeah. And these, these things always, when you look back at the end of the year and look at the initial depth chart, I mean, part of it's injuries, but there, a lot of things do get shaken up. So this is again, just reiterating the, the depth chart for the Texas state game. Uh, I guess the depth chart coming out of fall camp, right? Yeah, I guess that'd be the best way to word it. <laughs> so the, the next position, I guess it makes sense to go to tight end next. So yeah, um, let's go to tight end with the Baylor cup injury. We have a, a tight end battle between Glenn Beal and Jalen Weidermeyer. I know a lot of people expected Baylor cup to come in right away and be the, the, the best shot of replacing Jay Sternberger's production in 2018. Unfortunately, uh, Baylor cup suffered a season ending injury in the first scrimmage of fall camp. The guys that are stepping up, Glenn Beal, who was used in three tight end sets last year in 2018 with Jake Sternberger and uh, Trevor Wood being the primary two tight ends. Beal did get some playing time, but he, he didn't see a lot of the field. You know, I was pretty impressed with him in the spring game. I thought that this season, Glenn Beal would serve mostly as a blocker the way Trevor Wood did in 2019, but he looks pretty good catching the ball as well. Uh, and then the other tight end we have in place of Baylor Cup is Jalen Weidermeyer, who you've already mentioned. Uh, he's a true freshman as well. Uh, I thought he was a little less polished coming out of high school than Baylor Cup was, but he's another kid that's immensely talented. You know, we haven't been out to camp to see how he looks, but from everything I've heard, rumors coming out of there, it seems like Weidermeyer has been really impressing the coaching staff. Based on what we know about Jimbo, he he'll find a way to get production out of at least one of these guys. So it'll be interesting to to keep an eye on, if nothing else. Yeah, and I think uh, one of the other things is with Tim Brewster moving on to North Carolina, Joe John Finley stepping up is a guy that has uh, a lot of experience playing at the tight end position, both at the college level and at the professional level. As, and also uh, coaching tight ends. Uh, you know, he came from Missouri. Missouri definitely had one of the most productive uh, tight ends last season. And so it'll be interesting to see uh, how that coaching change could possibly benefit uh, Weidemeyer and Beal. Very cool. Yeah, the, uh, is it cool now to go to the offensive line? I, I know I started with a skill position, but... Well, because we, we, we kind of... Started on the outside with the receivers. Yeah, now we're coming we into the line. Into tight end, and now we're working into the offensive line. Okay, good. So, so with that logic, I should start with the tackles, right? Uh, yeah, let's go with the tackles. The left tackle, and I, I, I could be wrong. I didn't. Nothing here jumped out at me as a huge surprise either on the offensive line. No, the the offensive line is pretty much what we expected from day one. Once we realized that Kenyon Green was probably going to step into the right guard spot. Uh, that pretty much sealed it. 
Yeah, so so it's uh, Danmore at left tackle, uh, Jared Hawker at left guard, Ryan McCollum at center, Kenyon Green, as you mentioned, at right guard, and Carson Green at right tackle. Yeah, and it's a, a lot of returning talent here. Uh, Jared Hawker, for whatever reason, isn't listed as a returning starter on the depth chart, but he began the season uh, in 2018 as a starter before suffering an injury. Uh, and then the rest is basically returning starters from the bowl game, other than Kenyon Green, who's the true freshman. Dan Moore and Carson Green, uh, both returning to their starting spots. Ryan McCollum uh, played at center in place of Eric McCoy for a lot of the season. He's talented. And, you know, we, we saw there was a little bit of a battle between him and Colton Prater in camp, but McCollum ended up coming out on top, not really surprising anyone. And then, of course, Kenyon Green at right guard uh, was the talk of – the AM signing class, everyone expected him to, to be a contributor right away, which is something you don't see a lot out of offensive linemen, but I'm not entirely surprised after watching his film. And Luke Matthews is, is his backup. So um, I guess just seeing the name Matthews, some people might have expected him to win that spot. <laughs> Luke may eventually end up sliding over to center. Okay. But with the experience AM has at center right now, uh, there's no reason to really rush him into it until he's ready. Okay, fair enough. Uh, so let's next go to let's do the backfield. Uh, let's start with well, let's start with the fullback. Is it Kagan Baldry? Is that how you pronounce I, that? I believe that's the pronunciation. The pronunciation guide at the bottom didn't really give us uh, much to work with there. Oh yes, yeah, I see now. He's missing that. That seems like one that should be on there. I feel maybe they didn't know. Yeah, maybe they just expect it, expected us to know how to pronounce it. With Ben Miles transferring to Kansas, unsurprisingly, uh, going to play for his dad, Les Miles, uh, Kagan Baldry was the next guy up. So he's stepping right into that fullback role. Uh, big shoes to fill, obviously, with uh, Colin Gillespie uh, moving on to the NFL. But uh, I, I am thrilled to see that we still have a fullback on the depth chart. Oh, yeah, and we have a new 12th man, Braden White. That's correct, which we will get to on the defensive side of the ball. Oh, I didn't even look. Is he on? He, oh, he's a backup at linebacker. I see. Uh, so let's, I think running back is kind of an interesting position uh, because of all the oars, right? It's just still, at least the way it's listed here, uh, open competition. Although I think uh, Jay Sean Corbin's listed first, and that's who most of us expect to, to carry the load this year. Yeah. Jay Sean Corbin is the the number one back for sure. And then it's looking like it's just going to be a rotation behind him, which is for the best. I mean, you need fresh legs at the running back position, especially keep guys healthy throughout the year. It'll be interesting to see who all contributes <laughs> until we actually get into the season. These oars basically just mean that we don't know what's happening. Yeah. And they're all freshmen and sophomores at the running back position which is another great sign. Uh, it, it's nice to have talented youth at the position. Yeah. And we have actually a lot of youth throughout the entire depth chart, which, you know, we, we've probably overblown uh, the potential for 2020, but I still am thinking about that as I look through the depth chart, how, how good we could be next year. I think when Jimbo came in, most people expected 2020 to be the year. Uh and I think when you look at the roster, it's still trending that way, certainly. 
the quarterback, that's the last position, right, that we haven't talked about. Uh, I think Kellen Mond, obvious number one starter. There is an or after his name, but uh, Suzanne Halliburton and some others uh, noted on Twitter that that was just an error. So we have Kellen Mond, no surprise, and then a bunch of wars again. I've mostly seen Connor uh, Blumrick listed as the number two, but who knows, right? I think we'll see at least three guys, hopefully, against Texas State. Yeah, I, I think I think you'll get to see some people get worked in there, uh, provided everything goes to plan for the Aggies. Yeah, if it's Kellen Mond for four quarters, that's probably not a fun game for us. That's Yeah, that's a little bit of an issue. <laughs> All right, very good. Uh, so let's, uh, let's move to the defense and I'm going to work through this one a little more logically. I'm just going to start with the defensive line. Does that sound good? Sounds good. So you wrote up uh, a piece on the defensive line. So did anything surprise you here? Uh, no, not really. Uh, this is pretty much what we heard coming out of camp. I wouldn't pay too much attention to it. I, I think that how it has Max Wright listed as Tyree Johnson's backup. I really think he'll be the backup for Michael Clemens, uh, oh, okay. where Jeremiah Martin will end up being the backup for Tyree Johnson. I'm not paying too much attention to this, just because those are the guys that are on the depth chart anyway, so it doesn't matter. And then DeMarvin Leal is going to see some playing time at some point. He missed spring practice with a knee injury after enrolling early, but he's a guy that's just way too talented to keep off the field. And then the defensive tackles, which should be the strength of the team, uh, Justin Matabike is uh, returning after a huge season in 2018. Uh, he, he didn't get as much credit as some of the other guys on the defensive line, like Dalen Mack or Kingsley Kiki did, but he had a great year in 2018. And then uh, starting at defensive tackle with him is going to be Bobby Brown, who is one of the most physically impressive human beings I've ever seen in my life. Uh, somebody posted a video of him the other day, and the first thing that I immediately thought of was Brock Lesnar, uh-huh. <laughs> uh, like in his WWE days when he was juiced to the gills. Right. <laughs> like well, Bobby Brown awesome. is a frightening human being. <laughs> yeah, he's listed 6'4", 325, so he's a load for sure. And it's not a lot of fat on that body either, which right. is the scary part. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, yeah, the defensive line – is super promising. They should be probably the strength of the defense, just like wide receivers should be the strength of the offense. Yeah. I'd, I'd expect the, the defensive line to, to carry this unit. Yeah. And then we, we get to linebackers where it feels like every year we're concerned <laughs> about, about what's going on at the linebacker position. Um, did you, did anything jump out at you here? No. I mean, I mean, as far as the linebacker position, it's question marks but it's what we expected. I mean, Anthony Hines starting it well. If he can stay healthy, he's probably the guy that has the most potential out there. Uh, but Buddy Johnson closed the year strong at Mike, uh, playing in the bowl game against NC State. He was a little bit shaky early on in that game, but as he kind of adjusted to it, I think he he showed a lot of potential for, for how, he, how he should play in 2019. Uh, the one thing you have to notice is there's a lot of youth and inexperience on the depth chart at linebacker. I mean, in the two deep, you have like Andre White backing up uh, Anthony Hines, who's a true freshman. Aaron Hansford is one of those oars at Mike. And Hansford 
have spent the last two seasons, I think, on the offensive side of the ball at wide receiver. So he's made the transition over to linebacker now. Uh, and then at the what's listed as the strong side linebacker or Sam linebacker, I think is really more of that rover position that we talk about in Mike Elko's defense. Uh, the starters are Kino Kiki, and uh, his backup is Chris Russell, who is another true freshman at linebacker. Yeah, so youth is always concerning on the defensive side of the ball, especially when, um, you know, even people, like you mentioned, Hansford, he's a junior, but he's not really at, at this position. Right. He, he Essentially, for, for all intents and purposes, Hansford is basically a freshman yeah. coming in, playing linebacker. He, he was a linebacker in high school and had great film there. But when you step away from the position for that long, it's tough to come back. Of course, we've seen it work out before uh, with Brandon Williams switching from running back to corner right? Uh, and, and making an impact. But, uh, you know, it's it's going to be interesting to see what, what happens there. And I, I spoiled this already, but Brandon White, the new 12th man, he's listed as the backup. Oh, it's an or position. So he's the he's the or with Hansford. Um, right. Up Buddy Johnson. <laughs> so that was uh, exciting news, but I, I didn't know anything about him being perfectly honest uh, before he was named the 12th man. He's a, uh, he's been a solid special teams contributor these past few years for AM. And I, uh, I don't know that he'll see the field as much as Colin Gillespie did. Uh, but he's, he's definitely been a, a solid guy, uh, a great pick for the 12th man, in my opinion. Before Cullen, that's what I think of as the 12th man. It's like a solid special teams player. I mean, when you think about before Cullen Gillespie, it was Sam Miller, who was almost exclusively a special teams guy. He had his fair share of big plays. I'm not sure who it was before Sam, to be honest. That's before your time, right? Before my time. (laughs) Very good. And it's before my time of remembering anything. So. (laughs) Um, let's see. Okay. So we have now the defensive backs, another potentially shaky ish, uh, unit on this team. Anything pop off the page here for you? Uh, obviously the first thing is that Debian Renfro is suspended. Yes. For the first, at least the first game. Am I wrong in saying he was probably our best cornerback? Oh no, he was definitely our best cornerback. That's a blow. And if it's only Texas state, it's probably okay if it if it stretches into Clemson, that could be a problem. Yeah, the uh, the at least was uh, eye eye catching to say the least. <laughs> yeah, so violation of team rules there. Uh, that's a bummer. Yeah, it's uh, it's not a great way to start the 2019 season for a, a unit that was already shakier. Uh, I know some folks were hoping that Elijah Blades would come in, be a, a starting corner right away. Uh, coming from the Juco ranks, but uh, it looks like he'll be behind Charles Oliver at one of the corner positions with uh, Miles Jones taking the other corner position. And uh, I I do think that it's not really listed on here. You see Ronnie Elam listed as uh, or at corner. Uh, In my opinion, Ronnie Elam is going to be the starting nickel back while he's listed at an or corner on the step chart. I consider him a starter in nickel situations. Yeah. So his, Positions kind of missing from the depth chart. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. All right. Good. And then I think no surprises for special teams. I know you're excited about our backup punter. I do want to t- touch on the safeties a little bit here. Oh, sorry. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And people are excited about Leon O'Neill. 
Leon O'Neill stepping in at free safety uh, should be exciting, especially after that bowl game performance he had. But the real surprise here was Damani Richardson coming in as a true freshman off of an injury and winning the starting spot there at uh, the strong safety. Right, because Derek Tucker is a junior and he started last year. Yeah, it's uh, that was a that was a bit of a shocker to me. So we'll see what Damani does. I mean, obviously he's impressed the coaching staff. Should be interesting to see how he performs. Sorry for that. I'm going to blame the Nyquil on jumping no, you're ahead. Good. <laughs> you can probably hear in my voice. I'm uh, recovering from, or maybe I'm just suffering from a cold at the moment. The but powering through because the podcasts are important. Uh, so Braden Man, obviously our hero, uh, world class punter. Uh, UJ, we're excited about his backup because he's Australian. Yes, I am very excited to have an Aussie punter on AM. Nick Constantino is how I'm going to say it. <laughs> uh, again, it's another one of those that didn't get a pronunciation guide. How is it not on the pronunciation guide? <laughs> I have no idea. I think you're right, though. I think that's probably close. One of the big losses from 2018, uh, you know, as a big Pat McAfee guy, I love all the specialist positions. AM lost their deep snapper from 2018. Austin, Austin Fry has graduated. Is moving on. So now it looks like Connor Choate or Choate is going to be the starter at Deep Snapper. Is that not on the pronunciation guide either? It may be, but mine got kind of cut off. No, it's not. Who put this together? There's so many <laughs> questionable, difficult names on here that didn't make the pronunciation guide. How are I, the- I love how they, they had to explain that Keith McGee was pronounced Keith. Keith. <laughs> but they don't put... Slightly different, but they didn't put choat on there, yeah, yeah. or choat, uh, you know, yeah. Oh, well, maybe they just feel like the, <laughs> the broadcasters aren't going to talk about the deep snapper too much, yeah. That's uh, well, obviously, the broadcasters see if we had Pat McAfee calling our Thursday night game, that would be a point of interest, but unfortunately, we're on the SEC network as, as opposed to ESPN. Oh, missing out on that one. <laughs> Maybe he'll come on the show someday. That's yeah. a goal. That's a goal. One, one day. Yeah, stretch goal. Um, let's see. What else? And uh, Rashad Paul, right, is returning punts and probably kickoffs with Jay Sean Corbin. Corbin stepping into a more important role at running back means that he likely won't be returning kicks as much this year. So I think you'll see Rashad Paul uh, handle both of those duties, although there there may be some guys step up uh as kick returners but uh Rashad Paul seemed to handle his duties there pretty well last year absolutely I uh another note of interest now I'm fascinated by the pronunciation guide uh so they have Debion Renfro on the pronunciation guide despite not being on the depth chart so yeah. <laughs> this thing needs an editor if we we need to put together our own pronunciation guide and just have <laughs> all the names on it <laughs> or maybe maybe they knew that they would be talking about his absence on TV, so they wanted them to know how to say it. Who knows? Yeah. I don't know if that much thought was put into it. Yeah, I'm, I'm a little bit upset at the at the pronunciation guy, but that's okay. <laughs> we're going to remain uncredentialed just because we're making fun of the pronunciation guy. Like, how dare they? <laughs> bastards the uh so that's it we've worked our way through the whole thing did you have any uh any final notes on this depth chart no i think that's about it obviously until we get to clemson we won't know too much 
Yeah, just don't take it too seriously, maybe, is one one note. Yeah. Very good. And hopefully we just see a whole mess of guys out there on Thursday night because we're going to have a big lead, hopefully. (laughs) I guess that remains to be seen as well. Tune in next Tuesday for Uncredentialed, the new video series. Uh, We should have a new edition of The Tailgate, which I won't be contributing to this year on Monday uh, with the Thursday game. Everything's kind of a little wonky with the schedule. And um, we're going to keep cranking podcasts. I might have another big guest next week. We'll see how things shake out. Please subscribe. Tell other people to listen to the show. Check us out on our new subreddit, which is Good Bull Hunting. And leave us a bunch of comments and praise and criticism on Twitter, Reddit, the website. All that stuff really feeds us and makes us want to produce more content. Thank you, guys.